This audio is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton. And now, from the Fort Mason Center in San Francisco at SoCap 2018, where impact investors, social entrepreneurs, philanthropists, business leaders, and innovators from across the world have gathered to share ideas and formulate actions that will drive positive social and environmental change. This is a Business Radio special presentation of Dollars and Change. Here are your hosts, Katherine Klein and Nick Ashburn. Good morning, and welcome to Dollars and Change at SoCap in San Francisco. This is great to be here. I'm here with my co-host. Hey, guys. I'm Nick Ashburn. It's so much fun because, you know, usually we're in the studio on campus in Philadelphia, and today we are on the floor of the SoCap conference. It is great. And there is, I mean, our students have a lot of energy. Our campus has a lot of energy. But this place is exploding with energy and passion around the social impact of business, what we talk about every week. So we are really excited. A lot excited. of excitement. Absolutely. And we will have a lineup of eight leaders uh, across industries with us over the next two hours. We are excited to be talking uh, you know, with all these folks at SoCap. We had our, our, our pick of amazing uh, folks to interview here as there are about 3,000 people here. 3,000. 3,000. 3,000. Impact investors. We know all of them, by, <laughs> or maybe not. Uh, 3,000 impact investors, world-class entrepreneurs, cross-sector practitioners working across the nonprofit sector, the for-profit sector, all about driving positive social impact. So it's a great place to be. Such a great place to be. All right. So without further ado, talking with our next guest, Tom Mitchell, Managing Director at Cambridge Associates. Tom, welcome to Dollars and Change. Thanks, Catherine and Nick. So for our listeners who don't know Cambridge Associates, what? Who is Cambridge Associates? Great. Uh, Cambridge Associates is a global investment advisory firm, and we started about 45 years ago in the U.S., largely working with college endowments and foundations at that time, um, really helping think about best practices around institutional portfolio management. And that's really expanded over the years. We work with a global range of clients, endowments, foundations, families, pensions. Um, I would say that relevant to SOCAP, We've always had clients that were focused on some level of responsible investing, but as that practice and market has evolved over these last five decades, um, and particularly accelerated greatly over, say, the last 15 years, we've built a dedicated practice around that. So I'm involved in what I call our mission-related investing practice, mm-hmm. uh, where we work with clients focused on sustainable impact and mission-aligned investing. And that's been a, a keeps us very busy, and it's been a great part of our business. If you had to estimate how much of your business is mission-related, how, uh, you know, how many of your clients are mission-related, how much of the advising work you do is mission-related, what are you seeing? Yeah. So luckily for me personally, all the advising work I do is mission-related and impact-focused, so I, I really enjoy that personally. But at a business level with the firm, uh, we have over 1,000 clients globally, and if we look at what our client activity is in this space, um, we have right now uh, about over 130 are actually putting capital work. So 13% actively putting capital together with intent for impact or alignment. Um, I would say that another 7% are in very serious progress right now around strategy development and thinking about how to activate this in their portfolio. And But it's hard to draw draw firm lines because what you also see is just a greater awareness around the material value of sustainability Mm -hmm. and environmental factors, social factors. So a lot more of our clients and our research platform are saying, where's this materiality? Where are the risks that are out there and the opportunities when we're thinking about investing a global portfolio? So, you know, I think that we're going to see just a much greater adoption of ESG, whether or not people want to do it for impact or mission alignment um, in general. And that's, that's a strong trend that we're seeing across all our clients in the industry. 
And, and Tom, one thing that's been on our minds at the Wharton Social Impact Initiative is how organizations, whether you're a foundation, an investment advisor like Cambridge Associates, or a big bank, how you staff for this sort of new age of investing. Um, no. And so what's your background and, and how do you think about the skills that you need on staff to, to execute on these portfolios? It's a, it's a great question. I mean, I've been really fortunate. I actually came to Cambridge with a bit of a non-traditional background. So I would, I'm a little biased to tell you that I think having a bit of a diverse background mm -hmm. is helpful to be an effective impact investor. So I came from a world of community economic development here in the U.S. and moved into development finance outside the U.S., really focused on private equity and emerging markets and where you'd have a high impact and highly inefficient and um, in unformed markets even. And so th I think that's been really helpful academically. I, I received an MBA, but also a degree in planning, mm. focused on economic development. So I was really focused on sort of microeconomic decisions you do in a business school, like an excellent place like Wharton, where you say, how do you run, how do you run a company effectively? But also looking at what's that policy interaction and what's sort of the regional economy around that. And that's been helpful for me as I've gotten with clients to even at least know enough to be dangerous, if you will, about affordable housing, about you know, systemic investments into enterprises and how they'll connect to a region so that you can envision impact and then yeah. ultimately measure it. So I think from a staffing standpoint, what we see is having some of those skills important. We've been hiring in people that not only have MBAs, but also degrees in environmental science or environmental management can really speak a language of sustainability. We see our clients, say in a family office, hiring professionals in-house that also bring very specific deal experience or sort of life experience in certain regions or places that are important right, to them. So, right. that, yeah. that, that makes total sense to us in our experience. It's something, you know, we're lucky to be able to do at a university, right? We have a phenomenal business school, but we have a lot of other great schools and when we can get students the, who have that all, it's The great. business part is critical, though. Like, what I tell people is the impact and understanding that is critical, but let's not forget the investing piece because at the end of the day, if you don't have the fundamentals and can't execute good investments... Um, it kills a lot of momentum around doing further work. Yeah, right. absolutely. And let's go back to the, you said um, something like 7% of your clients are considering impact, moving more towards responsible investing, I, I think. I don't think I put yeah. words in your mouth. I, I'm curious about that, that journey. Who yeah. starts, you know, who are these people who are, who are these people, institutions that are saying, you know, maybe we need to do more of this? Yeah, you know, it, it's a mix of people that are kind of, known in the headlines now. You see big foundations coming out with announcements of commitments to impact. And you also see a lot of activity in, say, the family office side. I think college and universities are probably a, a bit of a step behind, but still focused Seems on Seems like that. it. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and, you know, pensions with large pools, thinking about things. But if you think about the foundations and the families, I think that journey starts where there usually are people that are, are top decision makers um, or on a board, and they they see this importance. There's the, the financial officers that say, look, this corpus we have drives the enterprise, drives our engine. So it's not just an investment exercise, but it's thinking about how are we being as effective as we can be with our capital, um, be it on the grant side or the investment side, or can we find things that we might get a Venn diagram overlapping that can be highly impactful. I think the journey starts, you tend to get these conversations with doubts and naysayers that have to be. So part of that exploration is, frankly, usually people that are more classically trained and uh, more traditional investments say, what is this? I don't believe it. How sure. can we get good returns? And so what we go through is really sort of a level setting of let's take decisions off the table and just learn together. Mm. And so there's a lot we've seen in the market over that we can point to where not everything is excellent, but there's a lot of things that people should be considering or overlooking. And there's a lot of undercapitalized areas sure. that will be impactful where you can invest. You're also going to get 
a great return and have good impact. And so that conversation with U.S. foundations takes about a year, yeah. a year and a half yeah. for people to work through that. Same, for a moment, I'm intrigued by the process point. I think it's a process discussion point about take decisions off the table and let's just have a conversation. Yeah. What is that? <laughs> Say more about what that means because that strikes me as a really you know, good strategy for opening minds. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a tool I use specifically if I walk into a room where I might have 90 minutes or two hours with a board that meets quarterly, if they have a decision pressure point on that and people, and I find there's usually people sitting on different poles of an opinion around, yeah. should we do impact? Is this crazy? Are we going to lose our shirts to, we need to, ch you know, we have to stop climate change and we need to like raise equity and, and, and inclusion now. Um, if there's a decision around that, those people aren't going to agree in those 90 minutes. Sure. <laughs> so it's, I say, look, we're just going to learn together. I know we're at a committee meeting. We need to make decisions. There's the decisions we'll make. But around learning around this, let's just talk. And let's make sure you all at least have a common understanding of the way we see the world and try to bring them a robust view of the landscape and the potential. And that usually, I find, brings those poles closer together. We can get somewhere the next conversation when we actually have to start making decisions. Yeah. <laughs> and Tom... You know, one of the things I think a lot of people at SOCAP might know, Cambridge Associates, specifically in the impact investing space from the private equity benchmark that you all came out with several years ago. Um, they may also know Cambridge from just private equity broadly. But yeah. if you know, you're an outsourced CIO, you're thinking about it across asset classes. So in your work, is impact investing mostly still found in the private equity space or alternatives broadly? Or is it you guys are really thinking about it, you know, across the board? So, you know, my, my job is to manage multi-asset class portfolios that are global in nature as far as their exposures, so public and private markets. I think that when you look, I think most people, in particular to SOCAP, when you think of high impact or visible impact where you can get through, that generally tends to fall in, in the private markets, and some of my clients favor that as their primary driver of impact because mm -hmm. they're primary providers of capital in that case. But I think there's a great misconception that you can't have impact in the public markets. I mean, every investment has impact. Um, and whether you're intending to have a positive impact or not, you know, it depends on how, where, where you get in that conversation and setting your strategy. Um, and so when we look through on the public side, you know, what we want to do with any investment is know what we own and why. And sure. so you have a very clear understanding of why you're invested in certain public strategies, debt strategies, people, you know, get more excited about private equity and venture capital, but, you know, fixed income and providing affordable debt to a lot of impact entrepreneurs or institutions and enterprises is, is critical. And so it's less sexy, if you will, but it just as important to your endowment portfolio from a risk-adjusted return standpoint as to driving impact. Mm -hmm. So in following up on Nick's question, how do you think about the the uh, impact strategy in public equities. If you're, you know, if you're pitching this to me as a university endowment, you know, investment uh, professional, what should, what would you tell me? So, it, when you get into those, so if I'm talking to a university endowment professional too, and, and you might have some of that skepticism around what what are we talking about here? People say, well, how do you you could be limiting your opportunity set in public markets? People tend to get wrapped up around benchmarks and tracking error. The fact is most people pursue some form of active management in their investing. So what I would tell you first is that impact investing is a, is a highly active form of investing. We're making active selections right. mm -hmm. on fund managers, on strategies. And so when you look at the public markets, we are finding they're not in overabundance, but there's been a growing number of institutional quality public equity managers, for example, that are really thoughtfully integrating thinking around sustainability and impact with their fundamental financial analysis of a company and a security and so, uh, frankly, what I want to do is find someone that will hold a high-conviction, concentrated basket of securities and, and a portfolio for you 
um, that have real clarity as to what the drivers are for sustainability there or impact. And, and they're able to think through it in terms of how that will manifest in price um, over time. And so we're seeing that more and more now that, um, you know, I would say 10 years ago, it was harder to find those managers, but because of the work that's happening in business schools and people that come out of places like Wharton that become portfolio managers, there's just a different thinking around that right now than there was, you know, 15 years ago. And are, are the, the data, whether it's the prevalence of data or the quality of data, is that helping too? Yeah, absolutely. You know, we're just in an amazing world of big data in general. So I, I think, you know, investors can never have enough information um, to help process a decision. So I think it is the data. I think it's also just the, the actual a money manager or an investor also needs to know the questions asked. So the data can help to some degree, but there's imperfections in measuring sure. companies across these. But it's what does the data tell you? What questions should you be asking? And what doesn't make sense you should dive in deeper? I think how you use that data matters as well. Great. So we are have to wrapping up just in a moment. We're talking with Tom Mitchell, Managing Director at Cambridge Associates. So, Tom, last question for you. One of our, our, our first guests this morning was uh, Hadia Mujahid, who's the founder and CEO of HBCU VC, working with HBCUs. We're obviously uh, at a university, at the Wharton School of the University of Pennsylvania. From your perch, you've been in this for a long time. You're in a great position to have influence and to focus on impact. What would you tell students or tell us in educating students? Like, you know, if this field is going to continue to grow, we need students who are trained in what? We need students to go into what? Uh, well, in this field, I mean, I think you, gotta, you, have to, you have to know whether you're an entrepreneur, mm. right? So if mm. you're an entrepreneur and you've got those tendencies and you've got that makeup, right, then you need to pursue that to its fullest because I think ultimately entrepreneurs – and, and social entrepreneurs are going to drive the change. You know, if you're where I don't have the entrepreneurial skills, maybe, or maybe I don't have the fire that I had when I was younger and did some entrepreneurial things, but learn from that. Um, on the capital allocation side, I think it is, like I was saying earlier, don't forget the investing part. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you can get really excited about the impact things, but, it's gr but you really need to be, you know, dead serious and make great decisions and reflect that back to the world around you because that's where capital will continue to follow into the space and help support those entrepreneurs. I think the biggest risk that I personally need to manage is making a bad investment, both for my clients, mm -hmm. right. um, but also yeah. for the field. Sure. I have a great obligation to everyone here to make sure we do excellent things and it serves as a model for others. Yeah. That is a good reminder. Yeah, <laughs> you are a standard bearer. All right. Yeah. Thank you so much for being with us. Tom Mitchell, Managing Director at Cambridge Associates. For more guest interviews, check out our Wharton Business Radio Highlights podcast on iTunes and Google Play.